the very latest from our local ag industry. The Farming Show with Dylan Honkoop is next on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. A change of season is a beautiful thing, but you've got to be comfortable to really enjoy it. Hi, Joe T. And for my friends at West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. Your furnace is back in action as temperatures have cooled down, and now is the time to have it checked by the pros at West Mechanical. An annual tune-up is essential to keep your equipment running as efficiently and as long as possible, but heating systems don't last forever, and it might be time to consider an upgrade. That could be a new ductless system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. The beauty of an efficient ductless system is that it both heats and cools your home, the perfect solution for year-round comfort. And right now, you can save $1,000 on the installation of a new Mitsubishi electric system from West Mechanical. They're the pros I rely on, and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So whether you're looking to keep your current system running its best or want to see options on a new way to keep warm and cool, contact West Mechanical today at westmechanical.net. Paid political announcement. I'm Kathy Kirshner, your current District 4 Whatcom County Council representative, and I want to continue my service to you. Four years ago, I was honored to be returned to the County Council by an overwhelming 74% of the voters. I have not taken your trust in me for granted, working diligently to stand up for and honor District 4 values, building trust and respect among other community leaders, even those with differing opinions and finding solutions that work. My priorities are simple, to put you first and solve our problems. This means being a leader who listens, understands, works for you, and doesn't waste your time or money. I believe smart government is about bringing people together, building trust, and finding the best solutions for the most people. That is what I will continue to do when re-elected to represent District 4 on the Whatcom County Council. I ask for your vote by November 7th. Paid for by Vote Kathy Kirshner. With everything going on out there, it's important for the farming community to come together, support each other, stay up to date on the issues that... Farming in Whatcom County and across Washington State is facing. And it's back, something that we do basically every year. Of course, COVID was a little bit of an exception. Uh, But the Whatcom Family Farmers Annual Farmer Rally is about to happen. It's coming up on November 8th. Welcome back to The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here with you on KGMI this morning. Uh, I am with Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming. And joining me right now on the phone uh, is Whatcom Family Farmers Executive Director Fred Lickle, uh, a frequent guest here on the program talking about all kinds of issues. Fred, thanks for being here. Of course, the, you know, the, the big event is coming up. I know some people look forward all year to um, this time for the farming community to rally together, renew their focus, renew their passion uh, to speak out about the truth about farming and push back against those who are not telling the truth about farming. Um, we can get into the details of, you know, the dinner and the auction and all the stuff that... Uh, that uh, people look forward to with this rally. But this year, our focus 
is uh, and remains on uh, in Whatcom County on water, right? Talk about what. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Talk about what the conversation is going to be all about this year. Well, thanks for first of all for having me on again, Dylan. It's it's good to to be here and be able to talk to folks about this. Yeah, you know, so much about farming is about water and the challenges and issues associated with that. And um, for our, for our evening rally, we got a really uh, special speaker, I think, this time coming in. For most folks know out there that um, the the Klamath River Basin has been one that has been at the forefront of many of the challenges related to water issues. Um, they have. Uh, they, it, it's a, a basin that was in essence created over a hundred years ago for farming. Um, some of that then created challenges for, for salmon restoration. Um, there are plenty of dams that help store water along the way. And it has been just a hotbed of challenge for the last 30 or more years with water being restricted, sometimes being taken completely away from farmers. How do we balance that with salmon? And so we're going to have in uh, a really good guest speaker named Paul Simmons, who's the executive director of the Klamath Water Users Association. Paul is a good guy who's been doing this for 30 years. He uh, he has been involved in developing relationships with tribes. He has been involved in defending his, his uh, farmer clients on this issue. He can help explain to us some of the he, – he's also an attorney that deals with water rights issues across the West. Um, he's going to be able to come in and really help to talk about here's some of the good things that can happen and here's some of the pitfalls and challenges because he's seen both sides of it firsthand. We're really looking forward to him being our guest speaker for sure. And, of course, uh, Klamath Basin down there in um, Northern California, Southern Oregon – and like you said, a lot of people probably have heard about the, the many controversies down there, the legal battles, the uh, legislative battles, et cetera, over farming. And, you know, we've we've seen in the news the situation uh, more than once of farming being cut off from water down there, thousands of acres turning to dust and sitting fallow, farmers going out of business because of what's been happening with water down there in the Klamath Basin. So, you know, Paul, our, our guest at the rally will be speaking, um, has been at ground zero. Uh, for Western water issues, which are now, you know, these kinds of legal challenges in particular are coming to Whatcom County. Again, this is the Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Fred Lickle with Whatcom Family Farmers is here with us on the program talking about our Whatcom Family Farmers Farmer Rally coming up on November 8th. So get it on your calendar. Um, would love to see you there. Um, Fred, in, in terms of Paul and, and what he can share with us, I, you know, I think people who listen to this program know I'm not a huge fan of lawyers sometimes, um, <laughs> but lawyers are an important part of, of the mix of what we're facing here in Whatcom County, right? Just catch people up. You know, if someone hasn't been paying attention at all, in the briefest of nutshells, explain what we're, what we're facing here in Whatcom County. We're facing a court case over water all of our water, everyone in Whatcom County. Yes, correct. We are facing a lawsuit, which is known as a water rights adjudication that will, as of right now, the Department of Ecology is, is going to be suing all the water users in Whatcom County. They'll probably be suing 25, I think it's around 25,000 people. Wow. And most likely will be happening in, in April. And this is to determine what your water rights actually are. 
And um, for the farming community, of course, this becomes a huge challenge because we live in a debate basin where, to the surprise of many, it's it's deficient in the summer. Uh, we don't have the storage that other the the dams that other rivers do, and so our rivers and streams end up being very depleted. I just heard this week how there was more salmon that died off in the South Fork again Mm. because of lack of water Mm. this summer. And um, so there's a huge discussion about who gets what water. And this this adjudication will declare whose rights are senior and whose rights aren't and who gets how much water. Um, And so – it's it's going to be a big um, it's it's going to be a big and challenging discussion. We're really uh, hoping that discussions around collaboration and settlement talks can take off. So far, they have not really, but we're really hoping that that is part of it. And and just so folks know, Paul's attorney group is is helping us out with part of those discussions um, for the agriculture community. So that's why we're really looking forward to. Um, having him be part of this discussion both on November 8th, which, by the way, it starts at 4.30. I don't believe we have said that yet. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. the social hour starts at 4.30, um, as well as moving forward, you know, some to have people there who can help us navigate this really, really challenging issue that we've got before us. Well, people need to get educated. They need to know what they have. Um they, you know, in terms of water rights or what water are they using? What kind of paperwork do they have? What's their legal standing? Um, there's a lot to this. And the people who are in the most jeopardy are those who are unaware, A, that this is happening. Let's hope there aren't that many people left. We, we've been trying to sound the alarm on this for a long time. But I know there are some people who still have just hope this whole thing w- would go away. It, it hasn't gone away. It isn't going away. This is happening. So people who mm-hmm. um, also just don't know what they have, what they're up against, how they're going to deal with it. Um, are at risk as well. And that's part of what we're doing, bringing in folks like Paul, as well as hosting other kinds of uh, education for the community, for people to get up to speed um, and to protect their water. Um, and, and that's an important thing to do. And as you're pointing out here, um, in terms of collaboration, we can do that. And we've talked about that in terms of the twin problem. You just talk about not having enough water. Obviously, other times of the year, we all know we've seen the floods. Uh, we have too much water. So how to manage that? How to uh, save water from when we have too much to help stave off flooding and then help fish when we don't have enough? There are ways to do that. And there, you know, in terms of people protecting their ability to farm to live, uh, protecting their property and their access to water. That can be done, as we know, uh, because of this situation with water management. That can be done in a way that also allows for the protection and restoration of endangered salmon in our streams. We just need to work together, as we've been talking about so much on this program and uh, through so much that we do at Whatcom Family Farmers. Um, It's going to be a fun night on on november 8th fred um yeah we're we're we're, doing we're doing something new that we are we're for the first time ever we're going to be doing a limited auction we have i believe it's 10 10 items um that we're going to be 10 i'd say more less items and more packages that we're going to be putting out and um looking forward to 
seeing folks being able to come out and help support Wacom Family Farmers and the farming community um, through this auction. Um, then there's going to be more than that, of course, too, where, you know, everybody who's on this knows what a great job Dylan does of emceeing this, and he's going to be helping with us, along with Paul being our head, our lead speaker, and, and various other updates from folks. So it's, it is. It's going to be a good night, starting with a social hour at 4.30. And um, don't forget about the delicious barbecue dinner from Double Barrel Barbecue. On uh, us. Yes. On yes, us. This is, yes, this is on us. So we are really looking forward to that. So, And I would also say for, you know, for those, uh, we have an event earlier than that that's invite only, but for folks who are really have to deal with water rights issues, especially as it relates to, to agricultural land, those with water rights out there, or those who aren't quite sure where they're sitting in their water rights. We're also going to be having an, an event that afternoon just prior to it from two o'clock to four o'clock um, where we're going to be getting a little in, into a little bit more detail with some experts from a few uh, engineering or geo, geoengineering firms who are experts in knowing how to understand and protect your water. So they can start asking some of these questions about what do I really do here? How do I find out details about my situation? How do I document my water rights? How, what is this whole thing about junior versus senior water rights? Um, relinquishment is a word that gets thrown out. What do all these things mean as it relates to my water rights? So again, that is an invite only event, but we would really appreciate um, for those of you who might be struggling with understanding that, please contact us and let's see if we can't get you on the list for that event as well. Well, and not just to learn in general, but to be able to have experts there who, through the things that are, that are explaining, can walk folks who attend through a specific inventory of what they have and they don't have, you know, because mm-hmm. like we're talking about, that's one of the big gaps is a lot of people don't even necessarily know the entirety of what they're up against. So um, I know that's, that's what I'm looking forward to hearing myself is, you know, okay, what do I have? What don't I have? How can, you know, what um, details of my situation matter? <laughs> and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how can I lay this all out? So I am prepared. Uh, we all are prepared as a community. This is the Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI, uh, talking with Fred Luckel, Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers, about the Whatcom Family Farmers Farmer Annual Farmer Rally coming up on November 8th. We would love to see you there. Uh, the evening event gets underway uh, at 4.30, social hour uh, first, and then we're going to have dinner. We're going to hear from Paul Simmons, as we talked about, who's coming up from the Klamath Basin. We've had him right here on the program talking about some of this uh, some of these issues in the past you know we talk about this um looming adjudication that will that is happening um now as you point out fred likely to be the, the court case likely to be filed in the spring what is the latest with all that you know it's been interesting later this summer suddenly it seemed like there was a a whole bunch more people who started tuning into this which is great you know part of me was like okay well where have you been this whole time but that's okay you know and people recognizing um now at this point that this will affect them private well owners in in addition to to farmers with larger water rights um 
what you know what is new there in terms of you know there were meetings recently that you know i heard people saying yeah they're going to come shut our water off on you know in in april of 2024 or or whatever some specific date was that is anticipated for this case to be filed that's not how this is going to work right well no but there is no doubt that water rights for the future are certainly at risk and the further we get along and the further that folks dive into this I think the farming community was really ahead, I suppose, because it, it, it was so vital to their to, to what we do as farmers. But you're seeing others like the a lot of those associated with the private well private wells or water mm-hmm. associations. Um, and now even the municipalities as well. You know, you're you're starting to look at, you know, they would call this a you know, a basin that is uh, over allocated is the word they like to say. And part of that is because, you know, water law doesn't go just with, well, this is what I've used now. It's, well, what have you claimed you can use? And so if it's a farmer and he said, you know, maybe he was given two acre feet of water per acre a few years ago, well, maybe he only uses one acre foot, which would make more sense for those who understand irrigation. Well, they're going to say, well, we want to try and take that away from you. So now it all of a sudden becomes a right. And what you're also seeing is that some of these uh, landowner, you know, some of the private well owners may have a, a, a very, you know, larger than what they use, uh, right? Like 3,000 gallons per acre or 3,000 gallons of use for their for their facility. Well, maybe they only are using 500. Department of Ecology wants to come in and say, how much are you using? We want, we want to try and take the rest of it away because you're overallocated. And now the cities are also finding out they had rights that were known as inchoate rights, which was a right that is beyond what you're currently using to account for growth. And the Department of Ecology is saying, we don't think those are actual legal rights either. And they're starting to challenge those. So this is going to be a very, it's, it's going to encompass our community um, it is going to be a huge issue. Of course, the, the issue surrounding salmon and what do salmon really need is a huge issue. Um, we're in the process right now of people understanding more and getting more and more alarmed now, about what's coming up. From 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 the get-go, when we heard that, that uh, the state was working towards filing this court case, this, this water rights adjudication, we, you know, as an organization – um, were opposed to this idea, um, saying that, you know, hashing all of this out in a courtroom is the wrong way to go about it. Um, and we have been very critical and corrected the record on many of the things that the State Department of Ecology has said and told people in their apparent uh, effort to promote this whole idea that they think is so great for whatever reason is not clear. Um, now that this is actually happening, I suppose some may say, well, looks like you guys lost, you know, but you were trying to stop adjudication and you didn't stop it. What would your response to that be? I certainly have my thoughts as well. <laughs> well, I would say there's no doubt that we were opposed and it, and it appears at least, and it's not a hundred percent yet, Dylan, but it's most likely that the adjudication will go forward. I mean, I suppose it could still be stopped, but realistically, we know that's the, you know, the money is, but the funding has been allocated. Um, Department of Ecology will most likely do that. Um, but, you know, we we were opposed and the adjudication is going forward. But the thing that we have been really trying to push very hard on is uh, what we've said all along is, look, the tribes, 
don't necessarily know what their rights are for salmon, and we want to make sure that we support salmon. And we're not against them quantifying their rights. We just don't think the best way to do that is through a long legal case. And history would show, like with the Yakima, that it took 42 years to figure it out, and it didn't really, you know, their adjudication really didn't get solved until they started working together. And that is why we have said collaboration and is the key thing that we need to be working on. And, and so we have continued to push that forward. There is funding to support that. Unfortunately, the tribes will only come to the table to discuss those things once the adjudication has actually been filed. Um, so at this point, so far, any conversations there have been surrounding the collaboration around the policy that's needed really has only been very minimal. Um, which is frustrating. Once this this court case is filed this spring, as it very likely will be, uh, is it possible then for folks still to come together and, and collaborate? Is that what we're looking forward toward a, a possibility of? We have to continually push that forward because the alternative is a, a long, drawn-out, extremely costly situation where, I mean, there are all sorts of places where Uh, the community as a whole can challenge despite ecologies pie in the sky. Isn't this going to be wonderful? It's all going to work out approach. It's not, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting over water and there is going to be a huge amount of places where there are going to be legal challenges thrown up. And anybody who's been involved in that knows legal challenges are costly. They are expensive. And is this really, and they also create a lot of acrimony. Is this really what we want in our community? Sadly, it feels like that's what ecology wants, but um, we're hoping that as this process moves forward, more and more people will recognize that the only way we're going to get to a solution is if we work together. Well, and that's what we're going to rally for November 8th. Um, I suppose I should mention at the uh, farm pavilion space at the Northwest Washington Fairgrounds. I haven't said that yet. That's where our, um, that's where our farmer rally is happening the new building there at the fairgrounds in linden um, november 8th social hour starts at 4 30 i think dinner is going to get underway about 5 5 30 um so get on out there if you can even if you can't get there until a little bit late that's okay we'd love to have you come in and hear from our guest speaker and be involved with our auction uh, we are rallying both um you know in terms of our our passion and enthusiasm to continue uh, fighting on these issues as well as to uh, pull together resources to be able to continue doing what we're doing uh, through uh, fundraising and and that auction as well. So your uh, support would be appreciated as well. Again, November 8th at the uh, Farm Pavilion at the Northwest Washington Fairground uh, Social Hour 430 dinners at 5:30. We will see you there. Fred Luckle with Whatcom Family Farmers here with me on the program this morning. Thanks so much for your time, Fred. Thank you, Dylan. Bellingham Cider Company with local craft beers and a locally sourced Pacific Northwest inspired menu. You might know them for their delicious variety of cider flavors like their spiced pumpkin, caramel apple, and other seasonal flavors. But you'll also be amazed by their menu. Proudly sourcing their fresh food from local farms and businesses. Enjoy their in-house made ravioli, wahilo braised beef, or delicata squash salad. 
They're well known for their buttermilk brine chicken and waffles, but you'll also find juicy burgers made from Northwest raised beef. Or how about fresh coho salmon with roasted tomato chutney? You'll be amazed at the variety and selection of flavors from the kitchen. Dietary restrictions? No problem. Their menu provides a host of vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and dairy options. The solar-powered, eco-friendly restaurant is stocked with a full bar, so you can enjoy your dinner and drinks with the best views of Bellingham Bay. Bellingham Cider Company, the place great ciders meet exceptional food with breathtaking views everyone can enjoy. Find them at 205 Prospect or at BellinghamCider.com. Hello, folks. This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham, and I'd like to invite you to join me every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on KGMI for the Aging Hour. If you have questions about Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care costs, probate, wills, trusts, or anything else that has to do with aging, this is the radio show for you. Studies show that more than 70% of estate plans fail when families need them the most. Join us every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., and we can show you how to set your family up for success. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on News Talk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. KMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Yeah, I happen to believe that the Bellingham, Whatcom County, uh, the Fraser River Delta, and Nooksack is an enormous healing area. Each weekday at 4 p.m. I'm the old dog. When I walk down railroad, I'm the one who knows who just got here and who didn't. I see them, they're so angry from where they came from, and then through the years, they mellow out because there's a healing energy here. On KGMI 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Farm workers all over Washington State continuing to gather and rally, voicing their frustration with the current situation here in Washington State, and that situation for them is overtime. Um, a new law here in Washington State that uh, puts uh, the onus on farms to start paying time and a half overtime pay uh, over a set threshold. As we've talked about here on the program, that uh, threshold has been working its way down from 55 hours last year, 48 this year, and starting in January, it will go down to 40 hours a week. Now, a lot of people think, well, who who wouldn't want overtime? And I, I know even some workers felt that way as well, that, hey, this could be a good thing. But as was predicted, 
addicted. It's led to workers making less money uh, in so many cases, not all cases, but most. Um, it's also created a huge burden for farms as well. So it's been a lose-lose for the farming community. And as we've talked about here on the program, farm workers are coming together in rallies around the state saying, we don't like this. We want Olympia to listen and come up with a solution. We talked about this with state representative uh, from the 13th district, Alex Ibarra, a few weeks ago here on the program. Uh, He was at one of those rallies and spoke. Uh, Joining us on the phone this morning is State Senator Judy Warnick, also also from the 13th district. Um, Senator, you were at another one of these rallies just this, this past week. Talk about what you are hearing from from the workers who gathered there. Well, I am hearing that they want more hours. Uh, Those workers come a a great distance sometimes to work in the state of Washington, and they would like to uh, make those trips to Washington worthwhile. The other folks that were there at that rally were the farmers. Uh, The orchardists, the producers, they cannot pay time and a half uh, to workers, uh, especially during times where there is uh, extra work needed. uh, And that's what we tried to get across to some of our colleagues, that if we could look at it on a seasonal basis, uh, that I'd be willing to support something that would give them the ability, both the the farmers and the uh, and their workers, to to allow more hours. Um, and that's what I heard them say. They said it in Spanish, but uh, they <clears throat> said over and over uh, when I was there, more hours, more hours. We want more hours. Yeah, I was there too. Mas horas, mas horas, uh, was, was the chant. And, and that, you know, I've been to, uh, several of these events around the state, uh, just in the last few weeks, it's the same thing at each of them. Uh, Senator, do do you think, you know, in Olympia, uh, do you think it's an issue of people just having a hard time? And when I say people, I mean the decision makers um, yeah. wrapping their minds around how overtime could be a, a bad thing. And to a lot of people who haven't worked in farming, you know, in an office job or an act, a factory job mm-hmm. or something like that, um, you know, if that's your frame of reference, it would sound crazy. Why wouldn't someone want overtime? Is that one of the big hurdles here? It is um, to just educate uh, my colleagues on what what this means. And I mentioned seasonality. When the crops are ready to harvest, especially this week and uh, within the next week or two, it's cold. The crops need to be harvested. The potatoes need to be dug. The apples need to be picked. Uh, And before it gets colder, before it ruins those commodities. So we have to put in extra hours. But the the budgets that the uh, growers have, that their contracts for the potatoes um, that are set uh, sometimes years in advance, don't include enough uh, pay, enough funds to cover time and a half in overtime. Um, and I talked to um, 
one grower who had mentioned this to his uh, worker who was an H2A worker. Uh, he's getting less money and he had been saving for when he goes back home, he'd been saving that extra money to buy a home. The homes where he comes from were a lot less uh, in value than what we would think about as a home. Mm -hmm. But this particular worker wants to buy a home. Now he doesn't have the additional uh, funds coming in to help with that. So I would uh, certainly like to talk about a seasonality uh, fix uh, for our farmers and anybody who's been around farming, and I know a lot of my colleagues have not, knows that there are days where it is an extra long day. And uh, we need we need to just look at that uh, in a more holistic manner. Yeah, and, and that's a good point to mention what's happening right now. And actually, you could probably hear, hear an echo if you're listening this morning. Uh, the show is coming to you from... Uh... Royal City, Washington, on the road yes. this morning here. Yes. Um, actually, just uh, Austin Allred at uh, Royal Dairy lent me a little yeah. office space to be able to have this chat with uh, Senator Warnick here on Great. the program. Mm -hmm. um, but but what's happening out here, and, and for folks in, in western Washington, we've had our own challenges as moisture has rolled in, and you know the, the yes. clock kind of runs out on when you can get various yes. things done on the farm. Over here on the east side, for folks on the west side who don't know, this cold weather you know certainly we've it's been chilly uh, over in western washington it's been down into the 20s the low 20s here in eastern washington in the last few days of this week that's meant that there are uh, apples still on the tree mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. are being frozen. Guess what happens? They turn to mush. So there has been a mm -hmm. mad dash. This wasn't expected until it was in the forecast just within the past week or so. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a mad dash as people have adjusted to try to get those apples harvested before those apples are essentially entirely worthless and that's how farming goes and that's what you're referring to senator is that yes. you know suddenly things change the weather changes whatever lots of factors in play you have to get the work done you can't say well we've worked our 40 hours we'll uh, take the weekend and you know hit it again yeah. on monday because if you do yeah. that there may be nothing left for you to harvest on Monday. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the farm workers themselves want more hours. Uh, and the farmers, the growers, the producers are working side by side with their farm workers to get their crops harvested. So it's not that they just have those folks out there uh, themselves. Those farm workers that, uh, or the farm owners that came to the rally had come just off the tractors, just out of the trucks, uh, just out of the fields. So they are working side by side with the farm workers that they hire. That's exactly right. Again, State Senator Judy Warnick with us right now, uh, representing the 13th District of Washington State in uh, representing that district in Olympia uh, here on the Farming Show. I am Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI 790. Glad you're here with us this morning talking yeah. about these rallies 
um, that have Mm -hmm. been popping up hundreds now, um, Mm -hmm. actually close to a thousand workers between the various events have gathered to uh, speak out on this, connect with each other and and connect with resources to be able to have their voice heard in Olympia. What's your message to that community right now, Senator, uh, about how important their voice is? I, I told them uh, that uh, they are being listened to. We are listening. We, uh, those of us from the 13th district and actually all uh, the legislators that represent farming communities are listening to them. So I am so glad that these rallies are happening. So glad that their voices are being heard because they were afraid that we would not listen to them. And I wanted to let them know I come from a farming background myself. I know how hard farmers work, uh, and I know how hard the farm workers work for those paychecks, and we are listening. And so we're going to take their messages back to Olympia and try to save what is happening to those extra hours that they want to have. In terms of the lay of the land in Olympia, I mean, this whole issue came up because of the Derider case uh, dairy farm here in eastern Washington, where I'm broadcasting from this morning, uh, Mm -hmm. went to the state Supreme Court, which ruled unconstitutional the state's exemption for agriculture on overtime pay. Uh, That uh, resulted in the, the following legislative session, this plan that is now playing out uh, to phase in overtime pay Mm -hmm. uh, from the get-go. A lot of us said this isn't going to work. This is actually Mm -hmm. going to hurt the workers that, Mm -hmm. you know, forgive me, but that some of the folks behind this really have kind of a do-gooder mindset, and, and that's nice, but you have to understand the world that you're delving into when you try to make a change of this magnitude and it's it's having this unintended consequence for workers that as you described very painful people who can no longer you know continue with their plans to build a house support their families they're having to get second third jobs Um, they're making less money because of this decision that ostensibly was intended to help them make more money now in terms of process you know, last year we, we saw this proposal for this idea that you have touched on, seasonality. Uh, mm-hmm. This proposal came forward in the legislative session, ended up having a, a, a hearing. Didn't there, there wasn't any action taken on it beyond that. Um, this idea that, and for folks who didn't follow that, and we talked about it here on the program, the idea would have allowed farms to choose a 12-week period Um, that they would predetermine as likely their busiest of the year, and that would allow, during that window of time, a higher threshold before time and a half overtime pay would kick in, allowing workers to get more hours uh, when the season is busy, as we've talked about. It mm-hmm. comes and goes, and there are busy times and slow mm-hmm. times. Uh, and, and also getting, giving farms the ability to get more done during those busy seasons where they need it. 
after that didn't see any action last spring, is there a chance of, of doing something here, bringing that back? I mean, and we may not yeah. know at this point what the fix could be, but, you know, how does this process start all over again? Here we are in the fall. Well, uh, and we will start it over again. As I mentioned, there's several legislators that represent areas where uh, both eastern Washington and um, on the west side, there are workers that are looking for more hours. And seasonality seasonality is key uh, because not all uh, crops, all farm workers are working even 40 hours some some weeks. But um, there are other weeks that they could work many, many more. So that, I'm sure, will come back. It was introduced last year. It did get a hearing. But that bill technically is still alive because it's a biennium. Mm. And so it could come back, uh, get a, reintroduced again uh, under that same bill number. So we'll, we will support doing that. Um, but, um, you know, the, the other thing is uh, people who don't understand that farming is exactly like what you said. It's not a nine to five, five days a week job. It is a, I grew up on a dairy and it's mm-hmm. a seven day a week job. You yep. don't take Christmas off. Those cows <laughs> need to be milked. Yep. And, and we knew that ours was a family dairy. And uh, we knew that when uh, we were growing up, that you did your job, you do your jobs on the on the dairy, and uh, then you play and celebrate holidays um, after the cows are milked. But <laughs> but, uh, but I I just the other concern I have if we make it too difficult. For people who are coming great distances, whether they're H-2A workers or other uh, workers that come to Washington, they might not come back. And that was my message to uh, to those uh, people that attended the rally. Please, we want you here. We want to make it work for you. And we are listening to you when you are asking for more hours. So we're trying to, to um, not upset this delicate balance of having enough workers to do what needs to be done uh, during all seasons of agriculture. Um, our our um, producers are concerned about it and the workers are concerned about it. They've talked about going to other states. Mm. So very concerning that yeah. our farming community is, is going to be, especially our family farms, are, are going to be severely impacted by this. This is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Our guest this half hour is State Senator Judy Warnick, representing the 13th District over here in eastern Washington, where I'm actually on the road with the show this morning. Um, real quick, before we run out of time, Senator Warnick, mm-hmm. give us at least a rough roadmap of kind of what happens from here legislatively and who should people be reaching out to to say, hey, this makes sense. If I really care about farm workers, if I care about mm-hmm. farmers, if I care about the future of producing food in Washington State, mm-hmm. uh, I care about this issue. You know, it may seem like, well, it's it's a long way off until the legislative session, but things yeah. happen even before then. What, yeah. what, what's your advice to folks? My advice is to look up to see who your legislator is. Put in your address under the uh, ledge.wa.gov. 
uh, website. Find out who your legislators are. There's two House members and one senator and write to them or send them a uh, email or make a phone call and talk about how important this issue is to them. Um, because now is the time to let the legislators know that you are concerned about saving uh, our family farms, saving the uh, food that is produced in Washington state. We have over 350 crops in Moses. Yeah, I'm from Moses Lake, but in the state, in <laughs> yeah. the state of Washington, we yeah. grow over 350 crops. We need people to help with growing those crops and make them affordable. Um, our farmers are good stewards of our land, and we produce good, safe, local food. We need to have the help to get those productions done. I know last year when uh, that Senate bill that we've been talking about that would bring seasonality, that would take some of the pressure <laughs> off of workers and farmers, and SB 5476, if I recall correctly, as you said, mm-hmm. not technically totally dead, could could yes. be revived and, and come back. Yes. Uh, um, in you know, starting in January or February, yeah. um, when that came up for a hearing there last year, there were some concerns about farm workers really being heard, and yes. you know, yes. workers coming to that hearing. And I, I think some who were in that hearing in leadership were shell shocked once they began hearing from the workers that they were actually opposed to overtime. I think the assumption yeah. was is that they were going to all be yeah. in favor of overtime. Yeah. Just again, showing the disconnect, the misunderstanding that some, mm-hmm. you know, particularly very urban districts, very disconnected yeah. from agriculture, how they misunderstand the situation. Will yeah. that be different if this comes up again this time? Will those workers be heard and given a fair shake? I hope so. Um, in fact, I have taken steps to make sure they have, uh, they will be heard. And if they're, if we need an interpreter, the interpreter will be someone that is not connected to the legislature uh, in opposition to the bill, hmm. because that's what happened. There was a hint that the farm workers didn't know what they were talking about. The um, the interpretation was was misrepresented. So we need to make sure that these farm workers are adequately and fairly represented um, and their voice is heard. And so that's why it's so important to hear from these farm workers during these rallies yeah. so that we can educate them. They can't, the, the opposition can't say these farm workers are being misled. Senator Judy Warnick of the 13th District here in Washington. It's been a pleasure to have you here on the program, but more importantly, thank you uh, for all the work that you're doing advocating for the farming community there in Olympia. Keep us posted. Uh, We want to be involved with this. We want to let as many people know uh, of opportunities to be involved with us. So so keep us in the loop. And uh, we certainly appreciate your time here on the program this morning. I sure will keep you in loop uh, in the loop. And thanks, Dylan. It's been a great pleasure talking with you.